You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. Today we've actually got, well I shall be referring to three short Bible passages, but the, the main theme for today is found in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26, which uh, I will just read to you now. This is, um, this is going to be, I think, the final one in our series where we're teaching a bit more about communion. So, um, yes, this is referring, if you remember, Clive started it off by explaining about the Passover and what it meant for the Jewish people. And we've heard about the, the sacrificial lamb whose blood um, saved them when the angel of death came over. We've, been, we've heard about the, the cup that Jesus took, which he said was his blood in the new covenant. Today, we're going to be looking at the bread. So in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26, while they were eating, this is, again, as you'll all answer, this is at the last supper uh, with it, which Jesus is having with his disciples immediately before his betrayal and then going out to his arrest and crucifixion. So then, um, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Now, I say we're focusing today particularly on the bread, but obviously it's in the context of the whole Passover meal. And particularly with the bread, I want to give a bit more description of what happens at a Passover meal, what the Jewish people call the Seder meal, which still happens today among Jewish people and often also among Jewish Christians. They still celebrate this Seder meal. Now, for Jesus and his disciples, this would have been very familiar. Right from childhood, they have grown up with every Passover, they go through this particular meal and there's a very set ritual, there are set foods you have and every food has a particular significance. And so yes, for these people, it's like you would be going through the meal but there's a script as it were. And it starts with the smallest child um, present asking the, the head of the family, why is this night different from every other night? And then the head of the family proceeds to explain the meaning of how God delivered them out of slavery in Egypt and brought them through the Red Sea and made them his people. And every year at Passover time, they remember this. And it's not just as in, you know, call it to mind. Actually, it's part of the identity of them as people of God. It's remembering how God delivered them. And as they recall it and they, you know, they drink, um, they have bitter herbs, for example, to remember the sufferings in Egypt, you know, dipped in salt water to remind them of the tears they shed. They have a special kind of, um, I've forgotten what they call it now, but anyway, some stuff that reminds them of the mortar of the bricks they had to make. So that there's significance in every part of this meal. And the leader of the feast 
at each point has a script to explain, this is what this means, this is what that means. And they're re rehearsing it again and again because it's part of them becoming part of this, this history of their ancestors, of the, of the history of, of the deliverance of their people. And as so often in the Bible, you will find that um, so certain actions have what we call sacramental significance. In other words, they mean something spiritually. Now, sometimes it's just a symbol, but quite often you'll find that prophetic action actually brings about what it's talking about. So like, you know, when, I, when, um, when some of the prophets, you know, are, are doing odd things like sort of smashing a brick and actually then that's Jerusalem and it gets smashed. You know, there, there's sort of, um, well, I'm not going to go all into um, sacraments just now or, or I shall be here too long. But the key thing is that with the actions that they have been told to carry out, there is always a meaning and in that meaning, you also see the thing coming to pass. It's a bit like when you consummate a marriage, it actually, not, it's not just a symbol, it actually makes what is, what is symbolizes, it makes it happen. And that's what it is. When God gives us something that is a, a meaningful symbol, it's part of actually bringing to pass the thing that it's a symbol of. So, as I say, for Jesus and his disciples, this would be a very familiar meal. The disciples knew the script, and Jesus is the leader of the feast, because obviously he's the head of that, this particular gathering. So he's gone through, and he's, they've been having the meal, the various um, prayers and blessings, and there's four different cups they have. There's a particular thing. Each time, it would all be, yeah, they could recite it themselves until suddenly there's something different when Jesus breaks the bread. Now, a sudden departure from the script here. Now, as Clive explained to us, was it, no, it was Matt, wasn't it? You did about the Passover in the beginning. As he explained to us in the beginning, the Passover, not only is it remembering what God did centuries ago, but it's also looking forward to something that's going to be fulfilled at a later point. And here we see part of this fulfillment coming to pass as Jesus breaks the bread. Now, at, on a Seder table, there are three pieces of matzah, as they call it, that, this unleavened bread. And they're there on the table. And then at a point before the main meal, the middle matzah is taken out and broken in half. And one half is put back on the table and becomes part of the meal. The other half is wrapped up in a napkin and hidden. Now, Let's say for, for Messianic believer Jews, they now see the significance of this. Others don't know quite what it signifies, but it is something that always happens. It is hidden, and then later it will be brought out. 
Um, well, in, in the sort of descriptions I've read, they call it the dessert, but I'm not sure that I'd call a bit of unleavened bread a dessert. It'd be a bit disappointing as compared with a chocolate trifle or something. <laughs> but it is, it is actually something that you then, that comes out at the end of the meal. So, this is the significant bit because it is that bit, the bit that was wrapped up and hidden is what we're beginning to see happening here. It, it comes out um, before the third cup, which is the, the cup of redemption, symbolizing the blood of the Passover lamb, which is what Keith was talking about in our previous um, session of this, this series. And he says to them, this is my body given for you. Take it and eat it, all of you. It, it's what they, that particular bit of the loaf is called the afikomen. That's, that's the word they use for it. And they must have thought, what? Here's the familiar ritual happening and suddenly he says, this is my body. This is about to be fulfilled. This is what this has been pointing forward to all the time. It's me. It's like telling them that this, this time they've been waiting for, when you know the, the kind of the pivotal point of history, the turning point as it were, it's here. The Messiah has come. But they weren't expecting the way he came, and they certainly weren't expecting the way he was going to win his victory, as we keep repeating. So when we look at the bread that we take in communion, well, we've heard, haven't we? This is my body. This is the body of Christ, he says. But it's a very strange concept. I'm going to read you um, a couple of other passages. One is from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And it says here, let me see. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So there's a new thing to remember now in future. And then it, it talks about the cup and then it finishes up. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, says Paul, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it's still a time of looking back to something that has already happened. Although obviously for them, this is something that's about to happen within the next few hours. But for us, this is when we're looking back at what Jesus has done for us, at the new breakthrough, the new releasing from slavery that Jesus has brought about. And his body is key to this. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse, um, was it 16? Oh, oh dear. 
can get it here. Um, let me just find it. One Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four. That's what I want. He himself. This is talking about Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. So we remember that Jesus in his body bore all our sins. He took the full weight of all the evil of the world and he bore it, he carried it. And he defeated it. And it's amazing, We're, I've, I've used the quote often, but I'm gonna use it again. This was the great moment of victory when Satan brought out his full arsenal, his nuclear weapons, if you like, to try and, and conquer Jesus. And Jesus just was himself. Didn't bring out any of armies. He didn't call on legions of angels or anything. He did nothing and he defeated the enemy at his full strength. So it's like Jesus is here exhibited at his weakest, and yet he defeats the enemy at his full strength. And as a Welsh preacher I once heard said, if Jesus at his weakest can defeat Satan at his strongest, what is your problem? And it's worth remembering that one. But yes, here, but when Jesus takes his bread, he's not just talking about his suffering on the cross. That's what we so often think about. And it's important that we do. We need to remember the price with which we were bought. We need to remember how our salvation came about. Because actually, this is what has enabled us to be part of the people of God. This is what has brought about for us the, um, yeah, the, the belonging, our salvation, our freedom. So we do look back, we look back to that when we take this bread. But it's not just about the past. For us too, this is about the present. Because when at the end of the meal, that matzah that was hidden is brought out, that's the body that was hidden away, wrapped in a shroud, buried in the tomb not seen for the rest of the meal, but then suddenly out it comes again. This is his risen, resurrected body we're talking about. And when Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body, he's not giving us his crucified, suffering body. He's giving us his risen, resurrected body and he breaks that and spreads it among the people. And it's quite, um, did I, is it in here? Oh yes. Just read, this is a, an article I have about the Jewish Passover. And when, when Jesus retrieves, well, when the, when the leader of the feast retrieves the afikoman, he breaks it up into pieces and distributes it to everyone seated around. Many people don't really understand this tradition, but traditions don't need to be understood, he says, just followed. However, it's widely believed that these pieces of afikoman actually bring a good long life to those who eat them. So let us remember when we're taking the bread, this is Jesus' risen body, it's his life that he's giving us. And as we take hold of that, we're sharing in the power of his resurrection. 
We're actually receiving from him his own body, his own life. And that's what we need in the present. We need to be aware that, that identifying this, this as, as, as his blood, this is our means of forgiveness and new life. And our need for that is a continuing one. It goes on day by day. I, I'm continually dependent on his grace. I'm continually dependent on his redeeming love. And the fact that he has given us this command, as often as you do it, you're to do this in remembrance of me. You're to remember what I've done for you. And you're to take my risen life and receive it into yourselves so that you'll have the grace to live as people of my kingdom now. So yes, this is for the present. This is our resources for today and tomorrow and the next day and for all the rest of our life that we're actually feeding on Jesus. Now, this is important, feeding on Jesus. Don't know if any of you watch those um, archaeological dig type programs. Clive and I find them very interesting. And one of the things I found most interesting recently, um, I've seen quite a few programs where they've suddenly unearthed a lot of very ancient skeletons. You know, they've been doing a dig and they suddenly find graves. And it amazes me what these um, scientific types in labs can do. But apparently, you know, when, when they get out these old bones and they sort of spread them out and they examine them and they do some sort of chemical tests on them, which I don't understand. But you know, they can tell a lot about that person. Even though you're looking at a dismembered skeleton, they can, with brilliant scientific ability and then somebody else's, you know, clever artistic work, they can even remake their faces and things. But one of the things that is very interesting, they can tell you where that person came from and what their diet was. Because the isotopes, which, you know, are part of the food, are then absorbed into the body and become part of the body. And actually those ancient bones, even when they're hundreds of years old, the isotopes from their diet are still there. And so they can tell you, yes, this person came from such and such a part of the world and, uh, and had a diet that was mainly fish or mainly vegetables or mainly meat. They actually can tell you what this person was eating because their food is still, even in their ancient bones, part of the body. So when we feed on the body of Jesus, it's like we, we are nourishing ourselves with his life. And his body is becoming part of our body and our body is part of his body. It's that being united with him so that our strength, and let's face it, if you don't eat, you will soon die. You need food, you need to nourish your body to live. And what you eat, makes a difference to the sort of quality of life you have. You need good food if you're going to live a long, healthy life, not a load of rubbish. Now here, Jesus is saying, if, if, you, if you eat my flesh, you have my life in you. So this is, this is what it means when we take the communion bread. But there's something also, he says, take it all of you. And the reason I've read the bit from Paul's letter to the Corinthians 
is because it's, that is set in the context of his teaching about the Lord's Supper and his context of the teaching about relationships within the church. And he's saying it is very, very important when you're gathering together to be aware that together you are the body of Christ. And so when you gather together and celebrate this, you're, you're not only celebrating your personal, individual union with Christ, and that is absolutely key, because if you're not united with Christ, then you know, the, 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 it's just an empty symbol which will be meaningless for you. But you're also recognizing the fact that so is everybody else who is sharing in this with you, that they are the body of Christ, and that together we are the body of Christ on earth. And so he, he says, um, where are we? Yes, here it is. Anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of, of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's what Paul says. In other words, if you're just, and they obviously had a full meal when they were taking communion. One gathers this from the Corinthian thing. If you're just sitting there stuffing your face while somebody else who didn't have much food is going hungry, he says, you're not recognizing the body of Christ, are you? And when we're taking the body of Christ, when we're sharing in communion like this, we need to be aware that everybody else we are in fellowship with. So we need to be laying down our grudges and our resentments and recognizing that this person, that person, like me, they are depending on Christ for their life. They belong to him. And therefore, the, my brother, my sister, it's part of a family meal together. As we recognize the body of Christ in the bread, we take it into ourselves as individuals and we take it into ourselves as a group together. So for the present, both individually and corporately, we need to be feeding on Jesus. But just as the Passover was looking forward to the future, the same applies for us here as well. What is it Paul said? For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So again, this is part of the declaring the works of God. Just as when, uh, when the Passover meal was being celebrated, um, the leader of the family would be describing to them the plagues of Egypt and how God rescued them, how he took them through the Red Sea, rehearsing the works of God, reminding people so that they remember them and from those find the inspiration to live it out. Likewise for us, when we're celebrating our communion together, we're declaring our dependence on the death of Jesus for our redemption. We're declaring our dependence on him for our ongoing life. And we're also declaring that it's on him that we're looking forward to the return and the final fulfillment of what Passover and communion are all about. When the slavery is over and the work is finished, and the new kingdom finally comes on earth as it is in heaven. And we're there ready to feast with him at the banquet of the royal marriage supper of the lamb, as it's called in, in the book of Revelation. When Jesus said to them, you know, I'm not going to eat this bread and drink again until I eat it new with you in the kingdom of God. He's looking forward to the day when his bride is finally ready, to the day 
when we will gather with Jesus and we will see his rule on the earth, the new, the new earth, the new redeemed earth, the new reformed earth, the new earth that's as it was meant to be, populated by people reflecting the glory of God in a creation that reflects the glory of God in every part. It is a wonderful, wonderful prospect. So when we take this bread today, it's not unleavened bread today, I see we've got the, the other kind. So it takes a bit more chewing. Think, as you're chewing, think about what it is that you're taking into yourself, taking into me the very life of Jesus. And looking forward to the day when We'll all gather around, that, that uh, song we sang at the last communion, you know, the one day when we're all going to gather around the table of the Lamb in his final kingdom. Amen. <laughs>